Welcome to Obstetrics and Gynaecology Emergencies. This is a podcast developed by the Obstetrics and Gynaecology Group of University College Dublin. The following podcast is the fifth of six episodes reviewing primary postpartum hemorrhage or PPH. We have chosen primary PPH as the first emergency for the podcast as it's one of the most common causes of maternal morbidity and mortality worldwide. The podcast is primarily directed at UCD students, but others are very welcome to listen. So now I'm going to talk about subsequent management of PPH, by which I really mean medical and surgical management of a primary PPH. When I discussed initial management in the previous podcast, I reviewed four themes. Resuscitation, monitoring, investigating and treating, as well as communication. As part of investigating, I also reviewed the causes of a primary PPH, the four T's of tone, tissue, trauma and thrombus. Most of the treatments I will discuss in this podcast relate to how to manage atony or lack of uterine tone as a cause of primary PPH. When talking about medical treatments of atony, it's important to first say that medications can be used for prophylaxis, that is, to prevent a PPH from occurring in the first place. Most clinicians working midwifery and obstetrics recommend the active management of the third stage of labour, that being from delivery of the baby to delivery of the placenta. And what active management of the third stage means is that we administer medications, usually either oxytocin or ergometrine or a combination of both, as well as having in attendance clinicians with both the training and skills to actively manage the third stage, as well as respond to any problems. If, despite use of prophylaxis, a woman begins to bleed, the medications can be used to treat the postpartum hemorrhage. Four medications are in common use to treat atony by causing the uterine myometrium to contract down. Administration of exogenous oxytocin can be used to supplement the endogenous oxytocin produced by the pituitary gland. Oxytocin needs to be used with care in women with cardiac disease, and many clinicians will give it in slow, small doses in these cases. Ergometrine, an ergot alkaloid, can cause profound uterine contraction. It's absolutely contraindicated in maternal hypertension as it can cause a further increase in maternal blood pressure to dangerous levels. And there has unfortunately been maternal deaths from inappropriate use of ergometrine in women with hypertension or preeclampsia. Use in a woman who's also taking retrovirals, for example, for HIV viral suppression, is a relative contraindication. A third medication is misoprostol, which is prostaglandin E1, and also causes uterine contractions. A brand name for misoprostol is Cytotec. This medication is a tablet that can be administered orally, sublingually, rectally or vaginally. Finally, prostaglandin F2-alpha, brand name Hemebate, also causes uterine contractions but is relatively contraindicated in asthma. Prostaglandin F2 can be administered intramuscularly. Most clinicians will start oxytocin and then move on to one of the other medications or some or most of the other medications. The decision which medication to use and how to administer it will depend on the situation. For example, oxytocin given intravenously will have a quicker onset of action than rectal administration of misoprostol. He or misoprostol will have a longer duration of action. More recently, transexamic acid, which is an inhibitor of fibrinolysis, can be used in management of a PPH. This is largely extrapolated from the trauma literature, though a large study in obstetrics is ongoing and the results are eagerly awaited. Factor 7 was originally used to treat haemophilia but has been used in PPH. 
There's very small numbers in the literature. It's used in conjunction with haematology advice as you need normal platelets and forbidden engine to work. And there are significant concerns about the risk of venous thrombolymbolism in its use. Moving on to surgical management. The common theme linking the initial surgical steps to manage a primary PPH is compression. This can start with the external uterine massage of rubbing up a contraction described previously. By rubbing the uterus through the maternal abdominal wall, it's a good initial step, but it's only going to be a temporary step until further treatments start working. Women don't like it. It's an uncomfortable procedure, so it's crucial to explain to her why it needs to be done. A next step, ideally with really good analgesia, is bimanal uterine massage, where one hand is placed in the maternal abdomen to provide pressure from above the uterine fundus, and other in the maternal vagina, providing pressure from below. Bimanual massage means the uterus is effectively compressed between the two hands. Moving along, compression can be provided on a more long-term basis by either externally compressing the uterus with a suture such as a B-Lynch, or providing compression from the interior of the uterus by inserting a uterine balloon. We will provide links to videos showing how both of these are performed in the notes attached to the podcast, but essentially both of these provide compression to the uterus. The B-Lynch suture is placed in the uterus after opening the abdomen with a laparotomy, and the suture will remain in situ for a few weeks until it dissolves. The balloon has the added advantage that it can be placed vaginally through the cervix, so you don't need to open the maternal abdomen, and then it can be inflated with fluid to provide compression. The balloon will usually stay in situ for 12 to 24 hours and then remove in order to reduce the risk of possible sepsis. If compression doesn't work or is inappropriate to use, the next step is to reduce the blood flow to the uterus itself. Ligation of the uterine arteries can dramatically reduce blood flow and a collateral circulation is set up in order to maintain perfusion of the uterus. In some cases where there's a significant risk of PPH, such as a known placenta accreta, interventional radiology, or IR, may cite a uterine artery balloon catheters that can be inflated when the baby's been delivered and reduce the blood flow to the uterus. Remember that the uterine blood flow may be about 500 mL per minute at term. Vessels can also be included by R as a therapeutic mechanism in the woman who has an unexpected primary PPH, but this can be technically more difficult in the emergency situation. Hysterectomy is a definitive solution for primary PPH due to uterine causes and sometimes may actually be planned antenatally, such as with the woman who has a known placenta accreta. This concludes the fifth podcast on primary PPH. Thanks for listening.